in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Arndt Speltner. In today's show we are looking at a German-American artist group and we take a listen to a new spin on Goethe's work. So stay tuned. But first, the news. Radio Goethe Magazine. The news with Nina Paula. Berlin. Contemporary artists in Germany are showing their solidarity with Human Rights Watch by donating works for an auction in Berlin. The non-governmental organization hopes to raise upwards of 90,000 euros with the sale. The auction will feature the work of Jonathan Mese, Norbert Biski, Julia Horstmann and many other German artists. Human Rights Watch, whose mission is to investigate and expose human rights violations around the world, was founded in 1978 by a handful of journalists, publishers and student activists. Now it has more than 70 worldwide offices and an annual budget of approximately 30 million dollars, but it's supported entirely by private donations from foundations and individuals. Paris. Germany ranks 20th in press freedom worldwide, a new report from Reporters Without Borders says. The French-based organization cited the influence advertising sources have on German media as negative. It also criticized changes in the German legal system, which make it harder for journalists and media to protect and ensure the anonymity of sources. Some European journalists face threat of violence. Germany improved its standing only slightly. Berlin. Climate change may be a hot topic these days, but it isn't affecting the way Germans go on vacation. 93% of the 2000 German participants, questioned in a recent survey by the European Tourism Institute, said that discussions about climate change had no impact on their vacation plans this year. Germans stay the world travel champions. One in two Germans went on a summer vacation. 29% of those polled flew to their vacation destination, while 52% traveled by car. Only about 5% of the German vacationers took the train, according to the survey. Frankfurt am Main. A new TV company aims to switch people onto books. The broadcaster, called Letra, aims to keep book lovers up to date with what's going on in the world of fact and fiction. It's set to go on air in the end of November on the pay-TV channel Premiere Star. The TV company aims to appeal to bookworms of all kinds, featuring programs about children's literature, novels, factual and self-help books, educational literature and reference works. Five hours of programming a day are initially planned. Berlin. The controversial German author and playwright Günter Grass has celebrated his 80th birthday. He was born in October 1927 in what was then the German city of Danzig, now Polish Gdansk. He made a name for himself with his first novel Die Blechtrommel. Grass was conscripted at the age of 17 into the Waffen-SS combat troops, a fact he didn't disclose until 2006. This caused a huge controversy, shattering both the widespread belief that Grass had been too young during the war to have been seriously involved in Nazi crimes and his image as a moral authority. Music 
If you live abroad, you come across your roots. You realize where you're from, what shaped you, the importance of your upbringing, the importance of your mother language. And in a way, you're looking and searching for it, dealing with it at your new home all your life. A little while ago, I made a group called German-American Artists, and I was very impressed, intrigued, and felt right away connected. First of all, by their diverse and partly challenging art, but secondly and most important to me by their approach to face the German roots. In an upcoming show in Sausalito, they will present their works. Another look into a world between worlds. My name is Werner Glenke, and I built Assemblage. Assemblage is something where you just assemble things that you might find somewhere, or maybe things that you on first impulse would throw away, but I use them to create pieces of art. Well, it started about a couple of years ago. One of the things that I saw at the time that in Silicon Valley there were these, these exhibitions, surveys of et ethic, no, ethnic art, surveys of Hispanic art, of, of Filipino art and all of this, and I thought, well, what about us Germans? So I, I was mulling over this for, uh, for a while, and then I already had known Inge, Inge Infante, who was one of the co-founders of our group. And then I met at a reception at the Pacific Art League, I met Innes. And um, that seemed to me the right group of, of starting such an effort. And so we got together at the Pacific Art League and talked about it, and the German-American artists were born. Well, the very first idea was to use the multitude of different talents to provide a marketing force that, as an individual artist, you don't have. But that was my very first and maybe very uh, uh, naive kind of idea. Because the power of a group is that the more people come and, and contribute to the group, the more diverse and the, rich, and, and the more rich the environment will get. Uh, just the three of us, when we started this thing out, Uh, there was just so much more than any individual could have contributed. So it grew from just the idea of having a marketing group. It grew to an, a group where we could talk about not just our art, but actually go back to our German roots. One of the unintended consequences was that we started to speak German, of course, which typically, a German being in a foreign country, it is not that typical. Germans assimilate very, very quickly, and they typically then communicate in the language of the land. Well, now we have a Stammtisch. We talk German, and I'm harassed because sometimes I still write German, uh, English emails, which people don't like. My name is Inge Infante, and I do collage and um, painting and monotype. But lately, in the last four years, it has mostly been collage which really incorporates um, all kinds of art that I do. It incorporates my drawings, incorporates um, art I have done and maybe not exhibited, and it all gets put together in one piece of artwork, which is collage. Sometimes they um, expand into 3D as well, and they become assemblage. Of course, they look different than Werner's, but they are 3D works. I 
was um, one of the original um, people who were discussing this idea. So, um, and Werner and I had known each other for a number of years at this um, art club. And uh, when he talked about um, forming this group, I, I immediately said, no way, I'm not going to join a group. <laughs> because this is um, sort of an allergy I have um, about in Germany where everybody is in a Verein, you know, <laughs> everybody belongs somewhere. <laughs> but then as we discussed this idea of having an art group, it made more and more sense. And I was thinking of um, then it Italian-American art group. Um, they have a, a gallery in Fort Mason and they exhibit and they have a lot of um, power. Um, they have a lot of representation by being a group rather than being just individual um, artists. And then it made more and more sense to, to be a group. And I could see that if we are more than one, we would have we would be able to have more presence in the art world. My name is Susanne Kasper, and I'm a photographer. I feel a big part of my expression comes from Germany in my photography. And I've been told that uh, everybody can see that I am from Europe, and some can tell I'm from Germany, but most of them say, oh, yes, you are not American. You have a different vision. One of the ideas of, of the ideas was to look at how does living in a different country, how does it change one's outlook in life, and how does it translate into the art you produce. Uh, and I felt at the time this was something that uh, a greater audience, maybe the Germans living in the U.S., might be interested in. I think the typical German in my art is that it's very organized. It is very systematic, and I try to break out of this, of these confinements of maybe my my conditioning as being a German uh, by introduce nature and chaos into my assemblage. So there was always this contradiction of a very structured uh, and very orderly kind of arrangement of things, but they're typically done with materials and, and these materials in itself convey chaos, the message of chaos. <laughs> My name is Silke Henkel-Wallace, I'm a painter. I um, normally paint in oil, large scale, which is like 48 by 48 or 48 by 60 inches. And I definitely consider myself a representational painter. Speaking of myself, for myself, I think all of my, most of my artwork does go back actually to Germany. So or my, my experience of growing up in the countryside, of being definitely much more connected to the land than you are here, attached to the seasons, and have sort of a sense of where things are coming from. Um, and <clears throat> there, there must, there, I mean, there is definitely like a common knowledge about how you can speak to each other without sort of, you know, explaining yourself. Um, so there is something, I don't know. I mean, I always think about it when you kind of move a tree or something, you can only move it when you have these roots attached, right? You have to sort of take the roots with it. And there is, there is definitely something left. And I mean, it's hard to sort of see it yourself, I believe. I guess you really have, would have to sort of ask an outsider to really sort of see the commonology about 
about that? I don't know. I find that it's very difficult to discuss a certain certain ideas that have to do with being born in Germany and growing up um, in the post-war period. And I find that people I talk to simply don't understand or they're embarrassed about what we went through because the Germans were the bad guys and how come they suffered. So in many cases, I really did not feel like talking about my past. And in this group of German-American artists, I can talk all I want. And, you know, and everybody knows. Everybody understands, and I feel free to discuss things. And um, sometimes it, I also put it in my art, uh, the history pieces of the war. And because it's with me, it stays with me, it will never go away. And so in that sense, I, I really, really gained a lot of um, sort of comfort in a, in, a, in a German group. Particular ones, I have not used any color. I wanted just to leave this kind of fake bluish image because it has to go together with some other images uh, I would like to make a series of. My name is Ines Tancré and I do mixed media art, which is very versatile. But I could say that the base of most of my pieces is photography. So I either incorporate photography, I change it, I collage it, I paint on it, um, because I like this reality as aspect of photography. It's the very first time I'm working with or in a group in the artist world at all. Um, and I think it has to do with America in particular. Um, coming over here, I never felt as strong to defend or to bring out um, your own personality, your own nationality, um, because and that might not be political, correct. Um, you're just overwhelmed by Americanism. And um, on the other hand, uh, let's say having lived in a rather uh, formal environment, changing countries and being um, a diplomat's wife, you, you lead a kind of formal life. And this artist world is... Um, a wonderful and true and welcoming um, change of, of many obligations you have when you um, change countries in this job. So for me, it's a, a freer, um, it's, um, it's a more fun world, and um, in particular the people I met here, it's, it's like um, a rewarding thing to um, be able to just talk and not to explain. You don't have to explain anything. And um, be it personal, be it political, but in particular, be it art. And I think that is what we don't like to do, is like going into a critique of somebody else's art. I think we all have a rather deep and immediate understanding what the other artist is doing. And there, I think, there is a common background um, that you recognize and you know what's there. 
you need not talk about it. You just know it, you feel it. And that makes it wonderful. You can find out more about the group at GermanAmericanArtists.com, get information about each member and, of course, upcoming shows. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe is not only the name-giver for Radio Goethe, he was also Germany's most important and famous writer and poet. Every student in Germany had to deal with his texts. Some loved it, many hated it. Our Radio Goethe intern Christina Hoffmann is one of them who feels the power of his words, enjoys reading and hearing his poems. So it seemed first a challenge to her listening to an album where modern bands and musicians put their spin on Goethe's writings. Rosebud is the title of the album and Christina dived into this modern musical but classical lyrical world. At the end, it seemed, she discovered something for herself. There is a message for you. It is nothing serious. It is nothing serious. Have I doch das Wort vergessen? Ach, das Wort. Ach, das Wort. Chantal Water Rush. Fairy Tinkerbell Sounds. Tones from a magic land, a wonderland? What magic land is it? It's Goethe's. To be more precise, it's the world of Goethe's Zauberlehrling, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. A 14th stanza poem written in 1797 about a sorcerer's apprentice who conjures without permission while his master is away. Eventually, the apprentice causes a flooding since he doesn't know how to call his Bärlauch. Alle weinen manche Strecke, dass uns wecke Wasser fließe und mit reichem vollem Schwalle zu dem Bade sicher gieße. Alle weinen manche Strecke, dass uns wecke
Schwäche Wasser fließen und mit reichem vollem Schwalle Every German student knows this poem, if not even by heart, due to agonizing hours of memorizing. I remember my days at school when our teacher made us learn those 98 verses of incomprehensible literature. And then, almost nine years later, I hear the song by Kruf Minister and I realize that I know the text, because apparently, it had been drummed successfully into my once youthful brain. What Groove Minister sing is exactly the words from Goethe's poem, but they do concentrate on a certain aspect after which they name their song. Ach, das Wort. Alas, the word. And for the first time, I became aware of probably the essence of this poem. The idea of needing the right word in order to effectuate the right things. It's simple, and yet it took me nine years to get the meaning. And I get it through a modern song, instead of some literary analysis essay, which I probably would have expected to be the source of any of my further literary wisdom. So, a few days ago, when listening to some contemporary German bands, out of nowhere, there is a message for me. Oh, it is definitely serious when you need a rock band to explain Goethe poems to you. However, isn't it the most wonderful thing to have some modern music at your disposal to make classical writing amendable to you? Nevertheless, there is one thing about the Groove Minister song to which I can't really cotton on. It's the chorus. The spell about the running water continues to appear as a six-line refrain played in an attitude of callousness, which I personally find hard to integrate into the poem's prevailing mood. There is another modern musical version of The Sorcerer's Apprentice by the German band Tanzwut which, for me, is just as mysterious as the mystery of sorcery itself. It's the untender way of reciting Goethe in this song which distracts me. But then, maybe the monotonousness of speaking those verses is supposed to befuddle the listener just as through a spell by the sorcerer's apprentice. In any case, I don't want to get too much into analyzing and drawing conclusions out of the blue. I just wonder how Goethe himself would have reacted to these music versions of his poem. Would he have jumped out of his skin? Would he have got his groove on, enjoying himself by dancing to groove ministers Achters Wort? Who knows? I mean, who will ever know how and who good he really was anyway? Well, maybe Bürger Lars Dietrich does. Einer der größten deutschen Reimer kommt aus Weimar. Über 100 Jahre beinahe populär wie Mutter Weimar. Er war begabt, ich sag Wortakrobat. Ein Stil mit Profil, jedes Wort akkurat. Ich vertrat und vertrete seinen Sinn für Rosenbeete. Weil ich keine halben Rösslein breche oder trete. Ich meine Goethe, den meisten.
Geister der Zunft. Seit gestern, seit heute. Ich glaube auch in Zukunft. Goethe was a poet, a thinker, a philosopher, a disposer, a sage, a master of rhyme. That's what Bürger Lars Dietrich says about Goethe in his song Goethe, der war Dichter. And when we look at Goethe's life, his works and his accomplishments, we will probably be more than tempted to believe that Bürger Lars Dietrich is right. When listening to this song, I always have the feeling of having refreshed my spirit in a likewise enriching way. Goethe war ein Lenker. Goethe war ein Weiser, ein Meister des Reims. Viele seiner Werke sind noch heute Nummer eins. Goethe war ein Dichter, Goethe war gelehrt. Viele große Meister haben ihn verehrt. In fact, when I listen to Goethe through the voice of modern German music bands, I feel like perfectly complying with the classic commandments of art, delectare et movere, which means to both get educated and entertained at the same time. You hear the classic lyrics and you get the modern entertainment, which, at some point, is easier for us to enjoy than ancient and cumbersome recited poetry. I think We don't always have to experience Goethe as we are told to by men of letters. Let's just experience Goethe with the band Experience and their song Blessed Longing, an interpretation and translation of Goethe's poem Selige Sehnsucht from the year 1814.
today's Radio Goethe magazine, please find us online at radiogoethe.org. I'm Arndt Peltner.